At a time of intense polarization across the country and bitter partisan battles in Washington, some of the nation's governors are attempting to find a way forward to solve their own state's problems. Judy Woodruff recently sat down with two governors from opposing sides to talk about their call to disagree better. It's part of her ongoing series, America at a Crossroads. Hello, I'm Eric Holcomb, Republican governor of Indiana. And I'm Clint Lamb, Democratic mayor of the city of Solomon. Republican and Democratic leaders sitting down for a meal. And like any good neighbor, we'll continue to disagree on plenty of things. Like barbecue, tax policy, or who's the bigger cheese fan? Encouraging Americans to engage in respectful dialogue. But we can have our differences without being divisive or hateful. This series from the National Governors Association is the brainchild of NGA President Spencer Cox. You and I probably disagree on a few things, and that's okay. The first-term Republican governor from Utah who wants to show Americans how to disagree better. Our country is deeply divided. And most Americans are tired of the division. We see dysfunction in Congress. We, we see this deep polarization that's happening all across the country. And so we, we had this, this crazy idea that we could focus on disagreeing better, re reminding Americans how to disagree without hating each other, and, and how to try to actually find solutions to some of our, our, our biggest problems. Last week, as governors from across the country gathered in Washington for their winter summit, I met Governors Cox and Wes Moore the first-term Democrat from Maryland, and an event hosted by the Economic Club of Washington to talk about why they're pushing this initiative now. It's been a fantastic opportunity for, for us to remember that, uh, that there's nothing more un-American than hating our, our fellow Americans. We are not going to get anything done if we just simply scream into a wind or if we're just talking to an echo chamber. Uh, you know, our ability to be able to be productive, our ability to be able to be effective uh, means that we have to work across the aisle. It means that we have to be able to meet with people who, even if you at the end of the process disagree with the conclusion, they will at least respect the process, that you heard them, that they understood where you came from, and that you understood where they came from. Governor Moore, I want to ask you about how you work through some of the most difficult, most divisive issues of our time. One of them is immigration. What's an example of a way to even talk about immigration that would be productive? Yeah. I, I think the thing that we can all fundamentally uh, agree to is that the system that we have in place right now, it does not work. And so the reason that I signed a letter with, with eight other governors saying that we, we are urging Congress to move on this. What was so frustrating watching a bill that was literally worked on with the president, Democrats, and even conservative Republicans like Senator Langford to go down in flames. Why it was so frustrating is that the consequences fall on our shoulders. And that's why we need a measurement of, of, of action. So could you, Governor Cox, you're a Republican, you've seen what's happened, you heard, uh, you know that it's uh, the Republicans in the House who, who are saying we're not going to go along with this. What's a way, to th a way through this? Well, the, the, the way through is, uh, unfortunately, we, you know, we need Congress to start doing their job and, and the president to, to enforce the laws. Those, it's, it's really that simple. This, this is the least divisive of the most divisive issues. If you poll Republicans and Democrats, um, 
everyone agrees. They just do. Democrats believe we need to secure the border and Republicans believe we need to fix legal immigration. I, I can tell you right now, if, if Governor Moore and I were asked to solve this problem, even if you just had all 50 governors solve this problem, we could sit down and do it in a weekend. Of course, there are real and substantive differences over how to move forward on divisive issues like reproductive rights, transgender policy, and diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives. Just recently, Governor Cox signed legislation in Utah banning DEI programs in state government and universities, prohibiting gender-affirming care and surgery for minors, and mandating that trans people use the bathrooms that correspond with their gender assigned at birth in public schools and state-owned buildings. Both Cox and Moore emphasize that disagree better doesn't mean there won't be real disagreements at the end of the day. The process matters. I think the process is really important. And, and, and the way we treat each other and, and the way we've approached DEI is a little different than, than other states. Um, we're, we're trying to focus on, on government not discriminating on the basis of color, but, but helping everyone who, who's struggling. We want everyone to, to feel included. We think inclusiveness is very important. We think diversity is very important. Um, and, and how we do that, how we use the power of the state to do that is also really important. And that's where there, there is definitely some disagreement. Sometimes too much gets lumped into DEI that, that really isn't DEI. And, and understanding what the philosophy is behind it is, is really important. And so yes, there are major disagreements when it comes to DEI. But at the end of the day, I think we're seeking the same thing. And that is that everyone feels included, that everyone has the same opportunity, um, that we're, the deck is not stacked against anyone. That, that really matters to me. And I think it matters to most Americans. And, and I think there, uh, and that's exactly right, that we want to make sure that everyone is just getting a, a fair shot at open success. You know, we, we know that a lot, of the, a lot of the discrepancies and a lot of the disparities that we have seen when in our society, that we still see to this day, everything from wealth gaps to housing gaps to educational gaps, they haven't been by accident. Uh, there have been government policies that have helped to create that. The reason that we look at things like a, a racial wealth gap, for example, you can't understand that without understanding things like the Homestead Act, the unequal application of the GI Bill, uh, historic redlining. Uh, you can't understand how the racial wealth gap has ballooned to 10 to one in this country without understanding that it's been government policies that have helped to create that level of gap. What is government's role to help to address the inequities that government helped to create? I'm Spencer Cox, your Republican candidate for Utah governor. And I'm Chris Peterson, your Democratic candidate for governor. We are Yet another issue starkly dividing the country is trust in elections. In 2020, as he ran for his first term as governor, Governor Cox joined his Democratic competitor in a pledge to honor the outcome of the election, whatever the results. Whether you vote by mail or in person, we will fully support the results of the upcoming presidential election, regardless of the outcome. Researchers at Stanford studying polarization told me last year that this kind of public act by leaders can make a real difference in ratcheting down partisan animosity. And yet, right now, the latest poll shows 69% of Republicans say they don't believe Joe Biden legitimately won the election in 2020 to be president. How do we move forward when there's a disagreement on something as fundamental as that? 
Yeah, that, that, that's a tough one for sure. There's no question. And I'm, I'm very fascinated about how and why that's been able to, to happen. That myth has been perpetuated so much when we've had uh, legal proceeding after legal proceeding that, that has shown that, uh, that, that none of those allegations were true. And it's, it's difficult in, in this new era where we have social media and, and uh, you know, we, we can surround ourselves with, with information that just confirms whatever we want to believe. Uh, our biases instead of instead of actual truth and, and seeking for truth and and that that deeply concerns me as a nation we need good people uh, who who are willing to stand up and speak the truth even if it's unpopular and uh, I will certainly continue to do that I ran against an election denier uh, where when asked the question would he accept the results of the election his answer literally was it depends on the results of the election so it, it's it's a very difficult baseline <laughs> to start that conversation with that. But I, I think the thing that we continue to have to do um, is understand why that exists. And for a lot of people, it is a lack of trust. It's a lack of trust in institutions. That, that statistic is something, is actually saying something much bigger. It's not just about elections. It's not about aid and election. Do we trust our institutions to actually make our lives better? You're all about trying to get people to listen to the other side. And yet, the person who is a likely Republican nominee for president this year is someone who seems to pride himself, Governor Moore, on being a divider rather than a uniter, and that is former President Trump. How do you do this work under those circumstances? Because I'm not doing this work because I'm pushing against Donald Trump. I'm doing this work because there was over a million Marylanders who said, we want you to do the job and remember us. Um, I, I, don't, I, I don't get up in the morning and think to myself, uh, what do I have to do to combat the ills of Donald Trump or his vitriolic language or the absurdity of some of the things that he says on a repeated basis? Um, I'm doing this work because there are 6.3 million people who are asking me every single day to remember them, not him. When we, when we elevate kind of a single election, um, it, it leads to more problematic behavior. If this really is the most important election in the history of the United States, then, then every side should be doing everything possible to win, even if it's maybe not legitimate, right? And that's a dangerous way to look at things. Our country is bigger and better than any single person or any single president. In, uh, we have 50 states, 50 states where we're innovating, where we're stealing ideas from each other, where we're fixing actual problems. America is so much better and more resilient than Joe Biden or Donald Trump. And thank goodness we are, because that's how we've made it through the last eight years, and it's how we're going to make it through the next four, no matter who gets elected. And so I, I just, I believe in us, I believe in the American people, and I believe that we should be engaging with the American people to find out why they feel so attacked all of the time and to try to make life better for them. A call to all Americans to focus on finding solutions, compromise, and listening to each other. For the PBS NewsHour, I'm Judy Woodruff in Washington.